You are Locked On 76ers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. I got my man, Divine Gibbons, in the house. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? Good to be back. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you back. Great to have you back. But look, man, we got to talk about tonight. <laughs> tonight was a crazy night. Um, well, not really crazy, but, you know, you, you, it was a busy night. You had Seven Streeter back. She sang the national anthem. Allen Iverson, you know, was uh, uh, had honored for making the Hall of Fame. And a bad Lakers team came in here and whipped up on the Sixers. And I just get back to Streeter a little bit. For y'all who don't know, you know, she was supposed to sing the national anthem on October 26th, the season opener against uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and she wasn't permitted to. Um, the Sixers apologized. They invited her back, and she came back, and she sang the night, and she, you know, talked about that. But right now, man, I, I just can't get over how the Twin Towers are trying to do this again with Embiid and Okafor. Uh, Joel Embiid and Jalo Okafor, man, it just looked bad. Yeah, it did look bad. Unfortunately, the Lakers got out to a quick lead. You know, playing from behind is always tough, especially when you're not uh, a team that's really put together. It's an, it's an unbalanced team right now. It's an unbalanced starting lineup. When you're trying to figure out and force the, uh, force the issue and trying to see if your two bigs can play together and Embiid and Okafor. And it wasn't that successful, Keith, like you just said. And it's not that they didn't put up numbers because they did. 15 points for Joel Embiid, 14 for Jaleel Okafor, but it's what happens away from the basket. It's how long it takes for something to happen. It's the two of them simply looking for one another or the other three guys out there looking for those two because that's what the play is designed for. That's what the coach wants. But the results, even when you get a two-pointer, you know, the results aren't clean. It, it isn't it isn't what you really want to see because a lot of times, as we know, Okafor is more of a back to the basket guy, face up, yes, a little bit on you know from the elbow area, but he's ultimately going to end up closer to the rim, which he should. But with that, Embiid is now drifting and living on the perimeter. It's okay when he's your starting center, he's your key factor in the offense, and he has his back to the basket, some face up game. Uh, from free throw line below but, and able to drift out there occasionally. But when Okafor is on the floor and B lives out there on the perimeter, now having to make plays. I mean, they were driving and kicking to him at the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you don't want to see. You want to be able to use him at his best. And him living on the perimeter right now is not at, at their best. No, not at all. Because, I mean, you can see it. He's athletic, but let's face it, he's 7'2", 275 pounds. So he has a tough time keeping up with stretch four, so to speak, or athletic guys. I mean, Julius Randle had 25 points tonight, man. You know, he was he was on straight beast mode. But the thing is, though, you think about this, defensively, the Lakers were smart. They kept pulling him out, pulling Embiid out from the paint to guard someone in the perimeter because he was a four, and then they would just drive the lane. It was kind of like, you know what, you have a play in high school that works, and like, whoa, 
Look, let's keep running it over and over again. And that's what they kept doing early mm-hmm. on. And it was just no one could stop them. No one could stop them from driving the lane. No one could stop them. And they did get Timothy Mozgov in foul trouble early. They also had uh, Tarek Black, who came off the bench, got in some early foul trouble. But you're right. Putting those two out there as your five and your four, and Brett Brown is set in stone at having Jaleel Okafor as his five because he knows, based on what he did last year with the experiment with Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor, similar things, that he can't play the four. He, he can't guard the four. He can't guard these stretch athletic fours that you're talking about Embiid now trying to guard. You have a little more success with Embiid because of his athleticism. He's more a little more agile out there, but it's a disaster when you're right on the other end. The Lakers are simply pulling their big guy away from the basket because your only rim protection, your only shot blocker is Joel Embiid, and he's now playing on the perimeter because that's what you have to do because you're relegated to having Jaleel Okafor down low. It's, it's tough to watch. Now let me ask you this. So Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel mm-hmm. played eight minutes eight and minutes. two seconds, I believe. What was it? Eight minutes and two seconds. Eight minutes and two seconds. He was he was one for four. The one shot he made was a nice spin move. Um, he had five rebounds. He had two rebounds in the first minute of the game. He also had a blocked shot, right? But he, he had two points. But he only played eight minutes, and that was all in the first half. Now, my question to you is, when you saw – the other two big struggling. Do you think you might have slid Nerlens in there with Embiid for a little bit so he you will have a rim protector? Because believe me, they wouldn't have drove the lane against him. No, they would. They would have thrown it twice, at least knowing that he was there patrolling the paint a little bit. And you're right, Keith, because first half he played the eight minutes. You say, okay, maybe he's a little winded. He just got back. This is the second game of the season. So maybe that's something that you have to keep an eye on. And normally during a game, if people don't know, a lot of times when there's an injury, someone from the Sixers staff will walk by, let us know that there's something there's going no on. Injury. No one walked by. No one told mm-hmm. us anything. So we're sitting there trying to figure out why is Nerlens Noel not getting in the game? I know you want to try to figure these other two bigs out, but you also have to try to implement the third big, try to mix him in and see if he can also play with maybe Joel and B from time to time. And... I kept waiting, kept waiting, and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I, this is where Brett Brown has a tough situation to deal with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you hear the thing, Keith, where you say it's a good problem to have. Right now, this is not a good problem to have because I don't know how he's going to figure this one out. Nah, he's not. And what Brett Brown said was, you know, I, you know, he was asked in the post game. I asked him. I said, was it a matter of injury or? Was it was it a matter of, you know, basically not having enough minutes? He said it wasn't enough minutes, and he's coming off of the, you know, the ankle injury. Nerland said my ankle feels fine. Now. And Brett said that they didn't find out until two minutes before, before the, game. the game. Yeah, that's what Yeah, that's what they said two minutes before the game. Now, the thing about it is Nerland's was – you know, they asked him questions. He said it's tough on the coach initially. He said, you know, he has to make, you know, with three centers, he has tough decisions to make. But people kept asking him questions. They kept asking him questions, asking him questions. And then he was asked a question. 
Well, you you were paired up with Ersan Ilvasova. Would you have liked to be out there with Ja and Joel, one of them? And Nerlens basically said, you know, I don't care who I play with, right? He says, then he goes off. Then he starts saying, he says, I'm going to quote it right now. I'm not an eight-minute player, so I don't know what that's about. He said, I don't really care about who I'm paired with, you know. He said, I need to be on the court playing basketball. I'm too good to be playing eight minutes right now. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Need to figure this stuff. I'm adding stuff out, <laughs> right? So then, then he goes on and he says, you know, again, like I said, there's too much on the coach's plate. So regardless of who handles it, I think there's a lot of frustration. And he came and he said, ideally, they kept asking him, what do you want to do? What do you want to happen? What do you want to happen? What do you want to happen? And he said, I just want to play basketball. I want to play basketball. Now, my question is, do you think he was wrong for saying what he said? No, because I do think he's more than an eight-minute player. Mm -hmm. And... Joel Embiid, 28 minutes, 31 seconds. Jaleel Okafor, 23 minutes, 56 seconds. Again, Nerlens Noel, 8 minutes, mm -hmm. 2 seconds. And I agree. I agree. Now, again, you said it, 1 for 4. Rushed a few of the, the shots. He was in close, had good opportunities to make the baskets. Didn't go his way. But he was active in those eight minutes. Again, five rebounds, as you yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. So he was out there. He was, he was, he was putting he was, his yeah, best foot forward. He was out there. And the, the thing is, um, Brett Brown, if Nerlens can say that, it's not on the coach. It's on the coach in game to try to figure out how to keep everybody involved. You can't put all three of them out together. So when maybe you mix them in some other, some other way. I don't know. That's his job, and it's going to be a tough one. But... I do agree with Nerlens in this sense. He is more than an eight-minute-a-game player. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Especially like you just said, he uh, he was really active. I mean, he had two rebounds. He was playing hard. He blocked a shot, a nice block. And then, you know, you look around, he's not on the floor anymore. But then, okay, so let's turn our attention to Allen Iverson. Right, AI was back. I mean, he comes back. What do you say? Twice a month. <laughs> twice a month. It's like he hasn't even left, you know. But um, you know, I, I thought that it was a a, a very good, a, a very good like uh, event for him. I mean, you know, they had the tribute. Um, Dr. J put his Hall of Fame could present him with his Hall of Fame coat, coach, coat, and then um, AI like addressed the crowd. You know, I, I thought that it was it was good. I mean, he showed some love to the crowd. I mean, and said, till death do us part. Talking about the love he has yeah. for the fans of Philly. I mean, what what was your impressions of his halftime thing? Uh, typical Allen Iverson. Speaks from speaks from his heart. Mm -hmm. Lays it, let it all out. And a lot of times when you see these ceremonies now, Keith, especially when Iverson comes back and he's talking, you can tell how how into it he is because even when you get the camera on him and you start to get a close-up frame of him and you see him, like tonight he cuffed his ear, his, 
mm-hmm. it's traditional go to the corner of the court cuff his ear address the crowd hear that that uh that song that he likes to say it is mm-hmm. that the crowd please and you you see his hand always shaking a little bit it's just that nervous energy that how excited he is to be back and it's good to see him it's mm-hmm. good to see that he's still doing well he still loves the city as he said till death do his part and the city loves him back I mean, mm-hmm. these people came out not only to see the Sixers play the Lakers on a Friday night, a frigid Friday night here in Philadelphia, but because they wanted to see Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. They want to see it every time he shows up. The place goes nuts. They put that highlight package on the big screen. These people, they raise to their feet, and they appreciate what he did, especially now when they, get it, they have an opportunity to look at this team over the past few years, knowing what you had in Iverson, first ballot Hall of Famer, and you look at him and you, you see him walking by the crowd, he's the same height as the rest of the people in the crowd. And just to know what he did for this team in the city, it's always good to see. It's always good to see something like that. You have an icon, and it's great to see it. Well, and it's funny, though, but the thing is the crowd loved him. And, you know, he, they loved him for what he uh, – and they also – excuse me, they loved him and they also loved what he said. You know, he – Earlier in the day, he was he was basically asked, could you do what these current Sixers are doing in regards to playing with the minutes restrictions and, and not, not playing every day and this and that? And he said no. Then when he was addressing the crowd, he, 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 he said it again. He said it again. And this is what he said. And, you know, and, and like for, you know, people who really don't know, who don't follow the Sixers, um, jo- Joel Embiid is is on a minutes restriction. He can only play a total of 28 minutes per game. He's already missed. The team has played 26 games. He's only played, no, he's already missed nine of those games mm-hmm. already of the 26. So basically, you know, Allen Iverson said that you know, he doesn't have any. Res- I mean, he 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 doesn't have any disrespect for what the organization is doing, or what these new players are doing. But he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And this is his quote: "I'm not taking anything away from the new era and the way things go go now, but I could never, ever, ever sit out a game if something wasn't broke." He said, "I couldn't do it." Because I thought about you talking to the fans, and thought about you all want thought about what you all wanted to see me, wanted to see. I always wanted to put on the show. Now, again, he wasn't picking taking a knock, but at the same time, the crowd went crazy, and it's, it lets you know that some of the fans, by their reaction, is like they get a little frustrated. At the fact that guys are on minute restriction, the fact that Embiid misses certain games, you know what I mean, and and like just the applause that he received for saying that was like was was like Obama was preaching. Yeah, well, Keith, I I I think we got a taste of that when the Sixers played a back to back Minnesota game, second mm-hmm. game on a back to back, and there was a national television game and they were trying to decide the organization if they were going to play Embiid on that Wednesday before that game, a home game. And people were irate because of the fact that the question was even coming up. How, how dare you 
sit him out the home game just so you can put him on a national television game and and because you want to i don't know if you basically say cater to the league cater to the the company of uh, tnt because you want him out there but the fans have been i would say it's mixed too keith because a lot of them understand what this what the team is was doing the doctor says it the doctor says it that's what you you follow the doctor's order brett brown says in his press conference plenty about how he has to do what the doctors ask him to do a lot of fans get frustrated some of them are simply still part of the trust the process mindset where they're okay with it so it was interesting that Allen iverson said what he said as you said not saying that he was taking a shot but he was just letting you know if that was me there was no way i could do something like that none and, yeah and I, I think a lot of fans feel that same way they feel the same sentiment that he does yeah and and then um let's talk about seven streeter yeah her being invited back um she still had her we matter shirt on and um i mean how do you feel about i mean because the thing is it was it was a, a crazy situation the way it went down i think in hindsight the sixers were looked at it and wish they would have you know done it differently sure um you know that was an espn game she didn't get her chance to sing it you know on the national stage tonight is an espn game and she's saying uh what's your 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 uh uh, opinion of her, you know, coming back and singing. I I thought the Sixers did the right thing by inviting her back, making sure they took care of the the business after the initial incident where you know she didn't get an opportunity mm-hmm. to do it. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, the fact that they invited her back, it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. It needed to be said, and especially in a time like this in in our society with things that are going on, you don't want this as a a, a red mark. On your resume, in terms of the organization, because you never know when you have to reach out to another artist or whatever it may be, and you may need them, and they simply look at what happened with her, and they decide that's not something that they want to get themselves involved with, based on what you did with Seven Streeter. So it was good that they invited her back. I'm glad that she had the opportunity to come back, and uh, it was good to see her out there. Glad the team decided to go the, uh, do the do do the right thing, bring her back, and mm-hmm. allow her to perform. Yep. And this is what she said. She said some good stuff, man. She said, I'm extremely happy to be back because at the end of the day, my heart was pure with what my message with my message said. She said, it's the same then as it is now. She said, our country has a very complicated history, and I love it. It's the place I call home and the place I grew up loving. But if you love something, you can't allow it to not be the best version of itself. That's really what the We Matter shirt is for. I just want my country to be better and treat everyone fairly, right? Everybody fairly. Sure. And then, you know, she started talking, you know, she started talking about a lot of other things, and she said, right now, the climate, they are not treating African Americans fairly. They should, that should bother everyone. That shouldn't sit well with anybody. Next week, it can be a completely different gender or race or ethnicity or nationality. It doesn't matter. But right now, it's African-Americans. If my, if my shirt is the message, then I'm happy to be invited back to sin. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, like she spoke from the heart, you know, and, and, you, know, and, and she, you know, sometimes people get up there and they say stuff and you're like, 
come on, sis, come on, bruh, or come on, dude, like, you're not making sense. But it seems like she, it was from the heart, yeah. man. It was from the heart. She really, like, she she knew what she was talking about, you know what I mean? She had a message, and she, had she a wanted message. to deliver it, and that was the, the whole thing about the first time. She didn't get an opportunity to let everybody know what the message was, and that's what bothered her, and as you said tonight. And she while she singled out African-Americans, but she singled out African-Americans Today. Today. Because as you said, when she mentioned it earlier, next week it could be something else. Yeah. It could be someone else. It could be another race. It could be another ethnicity. It could be anything. It could be whatever it is. Right now, it's the African Americans. And she wants to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what her message was. And it's good. Again, it was great that she had the opportunity to do it. It was another national television game. And that's what she needed the opportunity. The Sixers needed it as well to kind of basically get that clean slate, wipe that bad mark off their record from what happened on opening night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Well, look, bro, I want to thank you for, for, for joining me this week. We we touched a lot of topics. Um, I think it was a good one, and always, I always enjoy having you on. But look, man, I want you to let people know where they where they can hear you on on the radio on 97.5, and, and also I want you to Give people your, uh, your your Twitter handle so they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me. As always, Keith, it's always fun to talk uh, after the games and kind of preview the next games. A little different just simply talking about this one game and the other, the you know, Iverson tribute and the Seven Streeter thing. So it was good conversation. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Devon G975. That's D-E-V-O-N-G 975. And on 97.5 The Fanatic. I will actually be on Keith on Saturday, probably around five o'clock. Yeah, after the Flyers play, five o'clock, five to nine, talking a variety of things. Probably mixing some Sixers talk, of course. And on Sunday morning, from nine to one, Eagles pregame show. Yeah, the Eagles have a another game, three games left. A tough season, but hey, you know we still have to talk about it. No doubt, no doubt. All right, bro. Thanks, man. And I want to thank y'all for listening. And I. You know, I guess I'll chat with y'all again uh, next next week, next on Monday. Thank you, and have a great day. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.